Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two of CT of the Kidneys. Now, we left off last time making the point that when you do functional imaging of the kidney, which means I'm giving contrast, this is everything beyond the non-contrast scan, depending how we time things, the images will look differently and the information we get will be different. And so we typically talk about three phases, the cortical medullary or arterial phase at about 30 seconds, the parenchymal and nephrographic phase at about 70 seconds, and excretory phase at about four or five minutes. So let's look at them individually. In the cortical medullary phase, I really like that phase. It's the phase where the cortex is maximally enhanced, about 150, and the medullary enhancement is relatively low, under 60, which means there's a gap between the two of about 90 Hounsfield units, allowing us to get a really good look at the cortical medullary interface. So it's a wonderful phase for looking at arterial structures, preoperative planning, especially for nephron-sparing surgery, defining tumor vascularity or neovascularity, so saying what the tumor type is. It's excellent for looking at perfusion changes. It's excellent for certain renal cells, which show very vascular and then wash out. And as I'll show you later, when we do some of the radiomics and things that predict response, of chemotherapy, things that may give us uh, some correlation with genetic uh, error, you need to have arterial phase imaging. And so when you look at it here, a very simple volume rendering in MIP showing you the renal artery, and then I show you a renal tumor with volume rendering in MIP, and you can see the neovascularity really well. We use 3D imaging, a combination of volume rendering and MIP, to look at the kidneys for small lesions, look for perfusion changes, look for vascularity. Because of the vascularity in this case, I would know this is a clear cell renal cell carcinoma and not a papillary. Also arterial phase, although we need venous for really looking at the vein, um, you can see venous involvement both to vein and IVC, and in this case up to the atrium, because of the neovascularity which is going up into the venous structures. Now you see it very nicely and that works really well. The reason the venous is important is sometimes um, if you don't opacify things well, which happens arterial, you may not be perfectly sure of the boundaries, particularly distally, of the vascular involvement. And so venous is critical for renal vein thrombosis, but you will see it often and be accurate on the arterial alone. Now, in terms of differentiating tumors, this is where arterial is critical. In, in clear cell, the average attenuation is 152, and papillary is about 61, which means that's a tremendous gap, which means I can tell you specifically what the tumor is in most cases. Now, you could say size, a big tumor is more likely a clear cell, small, more likely papillary. That's kind of true, but that's not always going to be true. So if I look at this case non-contrast, I see dystrophic calcification. This is a mass. You can see it on the coronal view. No difficulty. This is not a cyst. We know this is a tumor. What kind is it? There's the neovascularity. It's a five centimeter hypervascular lesion, lots of AV shunting, fairly well-defined. And based on that appearance, I know this is a clear cell. I know the neovascularity. I also can use this map for doing a partial nephrectomy down through the mid-third of the kidney. And here it is on the washout values. Okay, it's still vascular, but it's on the early phase that the neovascularity is best appreciated. We're doing work with cinematic rendering, and here it is, that lesion. 
Again, you can appreciate the neovascularity, appreciate very nicely the cortical medullary interface, and really understand the location of the tumor relative to the normal kidney. And as you plan on doing a partial nephrectomy, you can see how helpful this would be. And here's a view from behind really showing you what exactly the urologic surgeon needs to do. Another example, large mass similar location, right kidney. Again, neovascularity, but also a lot of central necrosis. And we'll speak about this because central necrosis is one of the predictors for tumors being more aggressive with earlier invasion of the vascularity and earlier spread. But you see it here. You see there is neovascularity. Now, to be clear, when I measure the vascularity, I don't put my cursor in the necrotic area. I put it in the brighter areas. So that's an important point. And you can see as the lesion washes out on the excretory phase imaging, it has very much a pseudocapsule, central necrosis. Here it is on the cinematic, a very vascular lesion. Now, in terms of this differentiation, this article by Rupert Colmay made the point that accuracy 95%, sensitivity 98%, when using 100 as a cutoff value. That means 100 above, clear cell, below 100, papillary. Remember I showed you the average papillary was 60, but if you go up to 90 or 100, those are the two numbers are here, uh, you're in great shape. 90% of clear cells are hypervascular and demonstrate a heterogeneous enhancement pattern. But to make the point that not every clear cell is hypervascular, and so you may not be able to always make the diagnosis. So when I look at this chart, clear cells are up high, and you can see where the papillaries, and there's a very nice gap in between. Now I mentioned about the vascularity, this article by Sock, imaging features and multiphasic CT correlate with cytogenetic characterization of uh, clear cell renal cell carcinomas, which may affect patient prognosis and possibly help predict response to molecular targeted therapies. And goes on, for example, clear cell with the loss of the Y chromosome enhanced more than those without the anomaly in male patients during the cortical medullary phase, or those with trisomy 7 enhanced less than those with disomy 7. So again, we're learning a lot that CT is really a reflection of what the genetic markers are. And as therapy gets better, this is going to be very important. Shandrahana, uh, ability to non-invasively discriminate clear cell from papillary with analysis of whole lesion enhancement parameters can potentially affect patient management as these two subtypes have different prognosis and respond differently to available chemotherapy. That article goes on to talk about doing histogram analysis radiomics, which is kurtosis, skewness, to dis distinguish between the two tumors. And we did this five years ago. We were ahead of the game, uh, Shiva Raman, and then we stopped doing it. We, but you can see here we trained the computer to recognize clear cell and papillary and oncocytomas and renal cell. And with a random forest technique, we were very sensitive of distinguishing the various tumor types. So that indeed is something that you're going to see more and more of. And particularly as you can use multiple phases, it works out very nicely. Go made the point that texture analysis reflects tuber heterogeneity and is an independent factor with time to progression and has the potential to be a predictive biomarker. 
So again, what you're seeing is this whole idea of biomarkers. And this article by Cossack very recently, texture analysis. Recent evidence suggests that conclusions must be treated with caution, but it is true that we can look at tumors and figure out a way of analyzing them and getting more information. The challenge, of course, is you need to look at the entire tumor. People have often been looking at single images because it's easier to do. I think you need to look at the entire tumor. Um, contrast enhanced CT provides more texture features with good to excellent inter-observer reliability than unenhanced CT does. Filtered and transformed images might be useful for reducing the influence of manual segmentation variations on single slice-based 2D CT textural analysis. So again, we need to think about it. And if you think textual analysis can be used distinguishing tumors, is it a renal cell or is it an AML? Is it a clear cell or is it a papillary? Who's going to respond to what therapy? What's the patient's survival likely to be? So there are going to be some really, really important things coming along. Now, in saying that, this is not a radiomics talk, but to remember, there's issues with texture analysis and radiomics, scan of variability, and scan parameter ability. Now, hopefully we'll be able to really work on that and do better with that, but in the short term, that's still going to be a problem. Um, now, one of the things people have also looked at was tumor necrosis. So the, Ahmed looked at that and was able to show that tumor necrosis is a very important factor because it really makes a big difference in terms of how you do things. Uh, given the fact that larger renal cells tend to have a higher percentage of necrosis, uh, we were able to then analyze this information and predict outcomes. So indeed, it's very exciting. And when I talk about necrosis, here's a good example. Large clear cell central necrosis. There's the neovascularity of the tumor. There's the patient's central necrosis. And again, it's not a surprise this tumor is going to do poorly. It's so large. It looks like perirenal invasion. But we're trying to figure out ways of quantifying things. And so their article really shows it well. And here's just a nice example as I go through the venous phase and into the excretory phase. I think cinematic rendering is going to be very good because you really can accentuate areas in necrosis, maybe quantify them, do analysis there, do radiomics of that. So again, more and more information becomes very, very critical. And you can see the conclusion from Ahmad's paper, a non-enhancing tumor on preoperative computed tomography in patients with clear cell correlates with tumor necrosis in stage and may serve as an independent imaging biomarker for cancer recurrence and cancer-specific survival. Okay, so that indeed is very, very important. Also makes the point about predicting preoperative setting uh, what is going to be the clinical outcome. So I think that indeed is very exciting. Okay. What about papillary? We mentioned their lower aggressiveness, their small, hypovascular, often the incidental finding, and they're ideal for nephron-sparing surgery. They're typically homogeneous. Um, the thing about papillary is it has a range of appearances. So I don't want you to think that it's always easy to diagnose because you have this lesion. Now, based on enhancement, this is solid mass. That's a non-contrast and has arterial, it's hypovascular. So that's going to be really good for a clear cell, 
rather it's going to be really good for a papillary not a clear cell but you can see papillaries are not always going to be small and there it is on the arterial phase and there it is on the excretory phase uh, and you can see it very nicely in that regard so we analyze these tumors we look at the cinematic rendering you can see necrosis as well but necrosis is less common to me necrosis is more common in aggressive tumors and this is not an aggressive tumor because it's papillary but again you can see the challenge now with small papillaries they're easy to miss you look at the non-contrast scan it looks okay there is very obvious lesion on the contrast scan which is also very obvious lower pole of the kidney when you did 3D imaging you can see the other problem here's the excretory phase it looks very smooth and there's a great danger someone's reading the case it's not a kidney case and you see the lesion say oh lesion high density cyst remember we spoke before this could be a high density cyst or it could be a renal cell you don't know but to simply blow this lesion off or ignore it is something that all of us do it sometimes because it looks so benign but you can't make that conclusion and this was a clear cell but you can see you don't see it at all in the non-contrast you see some vascularity arterial and delayed it kind of looks well-defined smooth and unless you're careful you may make a mistake very very important now we also see chromophobe renal cell carcinomas about five percent of cases more common in men same age it's often an incidental finding the thing about chromophobe they're uh, they rarely metastasize survival is very high and so if you can think about a chromophobe you can in cases where it's borderline for partial you can push for a partial nephrectomy the patients are generally the tumors are homogeneous there may be a central scar they kind of fall somewhere between clear cell and papillary though there is some overlap diameter about five centimeters 46% were homogeneous, 85 were either completely solid or mostly solid. But again, you can see the numbers, the attenuation is about 90 Hounsfield units, which is a little higher than typical papillary, but a lot lower than typical clear cell. These lesions are likely to present as well circumscribed homogeneous lesions, often with a central scar. So in their classic, you can consider them. So here's a mass in the patient's kidney. Could this be clear cell? Yes. Could this be a papillary? Yes. But you can see, we give contrast, it doesn't enhance a whole lot. There is a central scar. Here it is again. Chromophobe's a good thought. Now, could you be 100% that's a chromophobe? The answer is no. It could be papillary. But at least you want to suggest it. The surgeon could biopsy it, or at the time of surgery, can do frozen sections. And in a case like this, where partial nephrectomy is really borderline, you can think about doing a partial nephrectomy. Here's another example. Well-defined, sharply marginated, easy to analyze. It's denser than the regular kidney. And then when you give contrast, it enhances from 26 to 72. It's somewhat vascular, but I will admit in this case, I still would have gone with a papillary renal cell carcinoma. So it is challenging. Uh, these patients are great candidates for partial nephrectomy but it's something to think about. But again, here's one where there's dystrophic calcifications. You're gonna say there's an aggressive tumor, though it's not very vascular. Could this be a clear cell that's not very vascular, papillary? This was a chromophobe, okay? Now, there's no way I would call that. It's a central tumor. This patient cannot get a partial. This patient needs a nephrectomy. 
So chromophobes, sometimes we can make the diagnosis, and that's very helpful, particularly when it's borderline partial nephrectomy. But cases like this, there's no chance in hell you're ever going to make the diagnosis. And I'm showing you a number of images through the different phases, excretory phase, and that works out very nicely. The last tumor I'll mention is an oncocytic neoplasm. Um, again, it's somewhat of a challenge. Sometimes you have oncocytomas in renal cell in the same patient, but again, often well-defined. Oncocytomas enhance homogeneously. See how well it enhances? You see how sharply marginated the lesion is? That's really, really a good example of an oncocytoma. So I really like this case, and if I see a lesion like this, again, could it be papillary, but you've got to be thinking an oncocytoma. Um, there are some nuclear scans which can be helpful in this regard, but you can see it's very important. Now again, another example. There's a mass. You could be clear cell, right? And sure enough, there it is, hypervascular lesion, central necrosis. This should be a clear cell renal cell carcinoma with central necrosis, but this was an oncocytoma. So again, I think one of the things we recognize in the kidney we know malignancy, we know what lesions need to come out, and that's often the decision process. What needs to be resected, and what's the resection plan? But you could see differentiation between tumor types is often easy, but not always easy. You're never gonna be 100%, probably 90%, and then there are these cases like this, and I'm showing you again the sequences of images, central necrosis, solid component, washouts, well-defined, solid, and cystic, there's no way you can make the very specific tissue type. And we are looking, as I mentioned, at cinematic. Here it is here. But to me, if you told me this is a clear cell with necrosis, I would say absolutely. Here's some of the margins. So again, um, very, very important. Now, let's go back to the functional imaging. I showed you how you can use a lot of the information from the arterial phase for distinguish the various tumor types, and we've covered some of the various tumor types in that regard as well. But what about the other phases? What about venous phase imaging? Well, you're going to have to wait about two minutes. I'm going to come right back and let you know. Bye-bye. If you liked what you heard here today, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit our website, ctss.com, for lectures, quizzes, pearls, and more. Also, be sure to check out our apps that are available for free on the Apple Store. All links are in the description box below.